on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer, chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askeilige. Time in mon Iroch the end of Chacht Erechor. Agus Suligam, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winter Fame. Skilti? Fis Turmi. Tashi Dukrecha Nach Vetok Ara Igornamyan on Kestin Echol. Vientalam Aginam Griv Orkar Nrachtum. Yatakshatarin Griven Orkarstan Ilistuhalagus Giminafracht Gorokligsar Dukashin Echer. Nani Venaun Dardarakshin Vin Marav. Shachtan. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to another Troy and Hurling show with Eddie Brennan and John Milan, along with myself, Michael Verney. There's loads to talk about after the league kicked off. And what better place to start with Nolan Park, where the great Leinster rivals Wexford and Kilkenny finished level 216 apiece. Eddie, what was your main takeaway from the game? It was a very, very uh, average affair. And I think I'm probably being generous with that um, up to, you know, maybe the, the the big kind of the mistake between Tommy Welch and Conor Fogarty that allowed Wexford to get that goal. And the game just exploded into life there afterwards. But up to that, it had been a kind of a tame affair. Lots of errors, lots of kind of, it was nearly old fashioned in a way because there was an awful lot of bombs from the goalies. Um, Wexford definitely had a very deliberate tactic in the second half with a, with a very strong breeze which had an impact on the game they just they went route one with a few like and they were it was landing just in the D like it was landing right in the D and in fairness Kilkenny dealt with it well but um, it was only when they start moving around a little bit like even Shane Reck came in and added a couple of good points but um, no look it's, going back to jeez I remember going back in there I think if I'm right, was it Liam Dunn was the last manager when Davy Fitz went in? And I think they came up to Kilkenny one day and they were all it was you know, this was this was their time and they got an unmerciful beating. And since that, uh this Wexford team, this Wexford crew, like a lot of them maybe overturned Kilkenny at, at minor and under twenty one back, you know, at the mids fifteen, sixteen, around that time, you know, from from sixteen, seventeen onwards. But from then on, Kilkenny have definitely um, struggled to handle Wexford um, through Davy Fitz's reign, which we, we don't like to admit. But the facts are the facts, and uh, we've we've struggled to figure figure them out. And I think they seem to have a little bit of a step on us. And yet, look, uh, yesterday I thought Kilkenny were the better. Kilkenny should have won that match. Doesn't mean they were the better team, but they should have won it within their hands for a while. Uh, and in fairness to Wexford, Rossi said it afterwards in the interview. They stuck at it, they stuck at it, and they got the rewards. You know, Conor Foley, <clears throat> I suppose in the league, we were just talking about up here, what are you looking for? Are you looking to find a few lads that are going to step up and kind of say to the manager, give me that jersey, give me the opportunity. Well, definitely Conor Foley is the guy who I thought yesterday was impressive. I think he held his man scoreless, and then he went along and picked off two monsters a point. So if you're looking for a little bit of leadership from someone fresh, maybe, that's the type of thing you're looking for, and say that he's not afraid to do that. 
because that's the way the game has gone now. Playing number three, he went up the field and picked up two points. One of them, he was definitely on our 45 when he got it. But look, all in all, entertaining and exciting last 10, 12 minutes. You know, Billy Drennan even. That was, like, to go to the same spot on two penalties, absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, that was it really. And like I said there, there was a mistake uh, coming out with the Kenny backs. Just that, you know, that little bit of uh, confusion between two lads and Saints, John. Uh, Tommy Welsh brought it out and just popped it in kind of just a bit of a miss hit into Fogarty's feet and Fogarty kind of stood waiting for the ball the Wexford lads got in and look I'm not harping on on that you know two good lads but it was just a little mistake that obviously gave Wexford the in John we'll come back to Kilkenny in a minute but just just on Wexford I don't know was it was it time for an inside man and somebody like maybe Keith Rossiter who, uh, who knows all the young talent inside out and some people inside and outside of Wexford would question you know, the level of the talent that they have at the minute coming through. Did they need someone like him who kind of knows them inside out? And I know it's early and I know it's only the Walsh Cup and it's only the first round of the league, but they have hit the ground running and it looks like there's a fair bit of freedom in their play as well too. Ah, it's time was right to go back in to go back inside because what it was all of eight years of Davy was there for five, um, Darren was there for three. So that's that's nearly a full decade without having a, a, an inside manager. And you know, Rossiter, he's young, he's bringing fresh ideas, he knows the modern game. And as we touched on last week, you only have to see with the personnel that he's brought into his to his backroom team. Really, really good, honest lads. Uh, and look, I think what's really good for for any panel is that he's he's introducing freshness into it. He's introducing young blood, and and, and Eddie Italian and look, Kilkenny have seen that over the years. They've added all Ireland through to Cody introducing uh, you know three or four young lads uh, every year, and I think that that only bodes well for for a panel. And I think. The elder lads and the lads who are probably in their mid-twenties, they get an all-kick out of that as well. Probably the one thing that they probably have to look at, and he mightn't do it so soon, is the free-taking duties. Now, I know I wasn't at the game yesterday, but I was only talking to Eddie off-air here, is that they missed a couple of frees. Now, he mightn't do it early doors because Chin is going so well from play and you know Chin is captain but they they may look at it at, at the latter end of the league where this Seamus Casey they might say to themselves right Seamus Casey will give you a couple of games throughout the league uh, without being on the freeze and then they may see how he's going from play and then if he's going well from play and he's worthy spot on the team you will be nearly saying you know what you'd nearly carry him to hit the freeze alone because, you know, when you go into the championship, you know, we've seen time and time again, the good free takers, they're nine out of 10 free takers where they very rarely miss freeze. And I think that's probably been uh, holding Wexford back a small bit over the years where they haven't had a real go-to free taker where you can 100%, 100% say he's going to put the ball over the bar and Seamus Casey may just be that man that uh, that Rossler um, might look to, to to hit the freeze going forward in the, into the summer. But yeah, look, a cracking start for Wexford. And what it does is it, it sets them up now because, you know, they have a point on the board. They, they can beat awfully Saturday. And then they can look at the last three games then between 
Clare, Waterford and Cork. And if they're to pick up one win out of either of those three games, I think that will nearly suffice for them to, to secure Division 1A status next year. And it would probably put them in the, it would probably give them a good opportunity to get into a semi-final and they can take that into the championship then. Well, when the pod finishes, I'll be sending on that audio clip to Johnny Kelly anyway. Awfully, awfully might as well not show up next Saturday by the sounds of things. Um, Eddie, a quick one for you, just on what, what John said about the free-taking there. Like, throughout your Kilkenny career, was it a case where did you nearly just know like Henry was going to put the ball over the bar and probably same, John, with you, with, with Paul Flynn. You need that, don't you? You need you need that reliability. It even takes away any little bit of anxiety from other players, doesn't it? Well, particularly, particularly, and, and Eddie is the same, like, like I still my head in from, from a force point of view. Everyone would all say, oh, Jesus, you know, you got a great score or you laid off a great pass. But Eddie, a, a touch on it. I'd nearly take great pride out of winning a free. There's never anything about, about the lad winning a free and getting murdered to hit the free and the lad a, a step up and put the ball over the bar. There's never anything about a, a corner forward or a wing forward winning, winning, winning three, free, three or four frees and, and it being worth three or four points. And I kind of knew when I'm my own mind, right, if I win a free, you know, Flynn is going to put the ball over the bar. Kelly's going to put over the bar. So you're kind of saying, right, if I win a free, it's as good as a score. And and that's that's where we're going back to at Wexford, where some of these lads, they might win a free, and it could be on a different, difficult angle, or it could be different, difficult side of the field. And you're saying, oh, is is such and such going to put it over the bar, or are we going to be guaranteed a score? And that's where we're going to go back to. And that's where I think Rossler, as I touched on, may look at Seamus Kenny because he's hit him with oil gate and he's been brilliant with oil gate. He's hit him underage with Wexford and he 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 secures you nearly getting that point every time you, you get fouled. Yeah and I, I agree with I, I, I think as well probably what is the, the key thing here and far be it for us, you know, I I won't ever criticize anyone taking freeze because I took him a lot of time with the club and it's oh geez, it's horrible when it goes Skew ways on you. you I, know, remember, I remember John having a bad day with DLS on them as well one day too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I look at you know, them. I, I totally agree. To it. Look, freeze one for me. You know, like you know, it, it's 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 a different type of pressure. But like when you're constantly up the field practicing over and over and over again, and and like some of these lads, you know, they're just they're just born to hit freeze. I wasn't born to hit freeze. I'm sure Eddie Eddie's the same. No, no. You know, that's that's just that's just the nature. I, of I think of, you have to be of, taking of, it from a young age, John. Too. I think it's something you're like you said. You're like Owen Kelly was probably hitting freeze since he was a chap. You know, heard him at Mullinahan two or three years above where he should be. So it becomes it's like anything. It's muscle memory. It's it's something that you embrace. But look on that point. I think if you were to look back even over the last couple of years. Wexford had quite a few. Conor Mack hit him for a while. Rory O'Connor hit him for a while. Jack O'Connor was hitting him there during the league campaign. And still, you know, there were, there were, and Chin as well. And look, it's not being critical of him, like I said. But when you are standing back in Keith Roster's shoes and you were maybe looking at Wexford for the last couple of years, I would say they're probably, their mispercentage of place balls is, is too high. So therefore, if you're going to go into tight matches, and in, in the matches that they won, the Leinster finals and the different matches that beat Kenny, their free-taking was good. But when it comes to the crunch, like you said there, you have to have your nine, nine and a half out of ten free-taker. It's, it's as simple as that. And I think Shin has hit them well for them at times. He is a player that will step up. He's a leader for them. He will, he will embrace that. But I think maybe if you have someone, and there's no confusion, there's no... Do you know what I mean? I think sometimes... 
it, the best thing you, you don't even have to ask who's taking the freeze it's so and so that's it it's like you know whatever Hogan hits the freeze for Cork you know um, Rogers was hitting there you have your free taker once he's on the pitch he's hitting them it's like TJ he's back in again and Billy Drennan is good but I think you have to have the one man and it gives the rest of the players great assurance like John said you win your freeze you know it's as good as a score Yeah, just on Kilkenny Eddie before we move away from that game did we learn much new? Like I, I only saw bits and pieces of the game I was racing yesterday. Like Connor Heary was starting wing forward. Now how did how did that go? Dara Corkin full back. How did that go? New faces. How did most of the new faces get on yesterday? Um, I thought Dara Corkin done well at full back. I thought he was steady. He's look. He, he's a big, robust fella. I think he's a guy who has good experience playing the backs beside some really good lads as well. So I thought he looked okay. He was solid. You know when. When even when Wexford were spraying balls to the corners, he was okay. Maybe in the first half, took him a while to steady down. But you know he's a good lad. I thought Jordan Malloy looked comfortable at this level, albeit you know the the pace of the game wasn't what you'd expect come championship, which is obviously the big test. But he blended in there seamlessly in a wing back. He was busy. He was active. Here he busy. Um, I think at times probably here he maybe doesn't believe in himself enough and 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 to pick off points when they're there for him. Um, he's just he he kind of he's a big strong fella. He looks to win ball. He's good at winning ball, but he's always looking to kind of offload it. And you know he was kind of you know Cody playing at centre forward. He was looking to to be there for the little pop out and and, and shoot their points. But I think look the one area that Kilkenny still needs to be fixed or needs to be worked a little bit is. Just, just that variety in puck outs. They, you know, they, they, they really. That, that's the one I think that, if you were to, and for me, in my opinion, is that over the last couple of years, that when Kilkenny are in those big moments, I think you know it's it's their their variety of puck outs is 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 where they need to probably tidy up because all the rest will be there. You know, Derek Ling is is similar in Brian in his views in that the basics will be there. They will never, ever give up. They will fight on their backs. They will leave everything on the pitch. But it's just that little bit of finesse. And I think if they can, you know, they'll work on that through the league. And that's where, to me, this is where, if Kilkenny are going to jump, if they're going to jump that final hurdle and get over the line, I think it's in that area is is, is what's is where it's needed. Okay. Uh, John, you were in Ennis yesterday, uh, finished Clare 125. Cork 219, a brilliant goal by, by Shane Amori at the end was, was the difference maker. Uh, uh, the only word you could use to describe the ball across was a sumptuous ball across. Jeez, it was beautiful. The flinch splitting pass by, by David Fitzgerald. Um, you know, was there was there much of a much of an intensity to this? Any anything correlating to a, a championship intensity in this game? Oh, a hundred percent. This was, you know, this was not your normal uh, you know, first round of the National League. There was you could see there was a bit at stake. Both teams wanted to go and w- win the match. Uh, I thought Clare were, were, were very, very good. Cork were good in, in, in patches. I thought even at halftime, they, they looked in a, in a great position. They got two cracking goals. Tommy O'Connell's goal was, wow, what, what, a, what an unbelievable goal. Uh, Horgan, again, just being that predator inside, you know, took the goal re- really well. The drop puck is back. He, he dropped puck did I think nearly. Yeah, the drop is, is back. Yeah, it was it was it was an unbelievable an unbelievable finish. Uh, but the, the goals were were I mean the, the the three goals were were 
were worthy admission fee were worthy admission fee alone. It just goes to show we even Tommy O'Connell, you know, wing back popping up, no one tracked the run. I think it was Robbie O'Flynn got got laid, laid off the ball to him, laid off a great pass to him. And it was it was looking like he was going to go for the point. He sold to the dummy to I think it was um I think it was Mark Rogers actually. I think he tracked him back, yeah, yeah. Tracked it to the tracked it to the back and then just goes to show you that's where the game is right now. You see him with, with Foley with Wexford bombing up the field and getting getting a couple of scores and Tommy Tommy O'Connell uh, likewise. Rogers was brilliant yesterday for for Claire. He touched on uh, free take and duties, I think. Um he he nailed I think ten or eleven place balls. He was very influential from uh, from 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 play as well. Robin Mouncey, centre forward, he was he was very very good. Fitzgerald was 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 excellent. I was only saying it to Eddie, and um, before we came on air, geez, I went down for a cup of coffee. The man is just a man mountain. He's massive, huge, and um, but that pass to the Shan the Shannon the Mori, um, what a and what what a finish! You know, I mean, we, we seen Tony Kelly last year. He batted it into the back of the net against against Cork in the in the championship. He was brilliant. I'm not, sorry, Shane Shane Amori. I'm kind of mixing his name up. He's he's kind of a he's he's an unusual name, but he was he was like a man possessed when he came on in in in, uh, in midfield. The one disappointment thing for me from a Cork point of view. They looked in control at half time, you know, when they got the two goals that brought them right back into the game, you're saying, right, they have the elements now, it's it's looking highly likely that they're gonna push on and win the game. And I just felt for the first quarter of that second half, they were wanting to go short, play the ball short, and they were probably taking a pa- an, an extra pass to Manny um out of their fence. And they got turned over on one or two occasions. And I think it, was, it took all of nearly 14 minutes before. They got their, their first score on the board in the second half. This through, is with uh, a gale at their back, John. Like, yeah, true. True, true, and free from um, from Patrick Horgan. And like I only said it, to Eddie. You had Robbie O'Flynn. You had Patrick Horgan. You had Brian Hayes inside, and they were being starved of ball, of ball. You know, and I just feel that you know when they went a bit more direct and they decided to to, to let the ball in and let the ball do the talking, they got a bit of joy into it. And they came they came right back into the game and and they were. It was looking likely they were going to they were going to push on and, and win the game, but then um, Shane Amori came up and, and got that cracking goal. But yeah, look, all in all, a, a, a great, a great, uh, a great game. One lad who I was who I was in, in, uh, impressed with, threw himself about, big physical lad, can move. Was uh, was Sean Toomey. He went toe to toe with uh, with um, Dermot Ryan. Another big lad. Dermot Ryan was good, but they had a right ding dong battle, and I think Sean Toomey could be. Could be a type of lad that could fall into this, into this, into this car team, and maybe we've seen, we've, we've, we've touched on it time and time again, where car probably need one or two of those physical players up in their forward line, and and, and Sean Toomey could be, could be that just that guy that might be the lad that they he might they might throw into into the mix up in their up in their forward division. Eddie Cork have all the finesse. They've loads of lovely hurlers, but and I mean this, this is a, a complimentary word. They need a bit of ignorance, don't they? Ah, look, we're just, we, we spoke about it there off air. Like, they need a bit of dog. You need a bit of, like, and I mean, again, this in the highest sense, look how effective Niall McCarthy was for that Cork team. You know, it's having that balance, I suppose, realistically. I don't, I don't think, yeah, your modern players can be all singing, all dancing. They have to be, they have to have the skill, they have to have all that stuff. But I still think you need a guy that's going to just absolutely walk through walls for you. When 
you really need someone to do that and be brave enough to do that. And I'd say, look, if we're being very, very honest about it, what has been holding Cork back over the last couple of years? Full back still, I'm waiting to see, can they close that up once and for all? Joyce looks to be the man at centre-back. He's a tidy guy. He, he commands the position. He can score. He can do everything. But I think to have that pure and utter blocker at full back and then equally up the field, you need to have somebody. I don't, And I see a lot of teams doing it there. Like Wexford even there yesterday, they doubled up with Jack O'Connor and Chin on the wing. Two big lads, drop the ball down on top of them, make them win it, and the rest are coming looking for breaks. I think Cork, if there's one thing that Cork probably don't have, and they have everything else, is that fella that you can dump a puck out down on and know that he might win it for you and then turn and go with it, or compete with it or break it for the lads that are around him. Because Conor Lee Han has a couple of good things, but Conor Lee Han's game is probably breaking, working off breaks around a guy like that. So is that potentially the missing piece? But I think they need a fella that's going to, I think he has to be bold too. To have, like, there's always a place for a lad like that on your championship team. I think you want a lad sometimes, sometimes go in there and ruffle a few fellas up, rile a few lads up, distract them, get in their heads a little bit and create a little bit of confusion. And I think there's a skill in that too. And maybe that's something that I thought that Cork team that myself and John played against, they had guys that could do that. Well, you did because you you even go touch back to that team. Even someone like an unsung hero like Timmy McCarthy probably didn't, didn't get the credit. But you know, you could land, you could lamp ball down on top of me at Niall McCarthy, and you had Corkin Corkin in full forward. And Sean too, he could be the could be the guy. Like look, they had Dalton last year, but yeah, I think you know, and that's what the league is going to be all about for Cork. You know, honouring a couple of more players that could probably put their hand up for championship. It was good to see Robbie O'Flynn back uh, yesterday. Uh, he was good, good in good in patches. Had a right good battle with Adam Hogan, but I I don't, couldn't understand what. Yeah, I couldn't understand why they just left him in, in in the full fall and they didn't bring him out because you know he was you know looking really lively speed and he could be another guy then that you could you could put on the, could put on the opposite wing if you Sean Tilly on one wing and then if you had if you had Robbie O'Flynn on, on the other wing just gives you just gives you the option then to go along like you know and I just think at times yesterday that they didn't have the confidence. To go go long, um, that's why they were going short out, out from the back. But when they did decide to go a bit more direct and go a bit long, go go direct into the full four and and you know decided to go long on their puck outs, they got a bit of joy out of it. You can't go direct all the time, but the the odd ball in there definitely works, especially if teams aren't expecting it. If teams are expecting you to always play through the lines and play through those kind of tight passes, a long ball where the defence is pulled out and you have a Horgan or someone like that in there or a Seamus Hardy can definitely work. Um, from a clear point of view, John, um, they're going to be missing Tony Kelly for the whole league. He got operated on his ankle before Christmas. It's a, it's a good start for them. They haven't, you know, they haven't really lit it up in the last couple of leagues. It's kind of an important result because they've beaten one of the other big hitters on the other teams that are going to be like, really indirecting for one of those three places um, to automatically qualify to Division 1A next year. Who were the, you know, you mentioned Robin Mounty and even Mark Rogers. Any other fellas that impressed you or even with the, the, the way that they were playing? What sort of, what sort of way did they go about it? Yeah, well, look, they were, they were, they were, mix, they were mixing it up. They were going, they were going long and sharp. But look, one short thing about them, when, when, when they did go long, the, the, the ball was, uh, the ball was, was sticking. Um, you know, you, you had the old reliables, Connor Cleary was, was solid at, uh, at, at full back, McInerney was was centre back. You know, you you, you Dermot Ryan, but yeah, those those were the standout players. I thought 
Rob Mouncy, Shane Mean looked very lively when when he when he came on. Um, they tried out a couple of fellas. They tried out uh, Garrod, Sheedy, and there was a uh, uh, Glenn Lad. Uh, they had their they had their they had their moments. Um, but but look for me, they have they have a superstar in in uh, in, in Rogers. This lad is this lad is gonna is gonna is gonna be a a top 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 player. Look, he's he he had a great year last year, but. He was he was excellent last year, and he's probably one of those guys that could really burn it up in the summer and take that pressure off of Tony Kelly. And look, I think you could see yesterday that the delight in 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 Brian the delight in Brian Lowe in the afternoon of the match that you know he was over the moon after getting the result and getting a good performance. Um, and look, you know you see the personnel that they were down yesterday. They didn't have no John Collin, and no no Shane O'Donnell, no Tony Kelly, no no Ryan Taylor. So they're not under as much pressure now. To uh, you know, Kelly's probably going to miss the majority of the of the league, probably the whole of the league. Likewise, Ryan Taylor, but they don't have to rush the likes of Conlon now or Shane O'Donnell back. They can kind of pinpoint what games they want them to play in because you know they're off to a good start and probably the likelihood they'll pick up another two wins and and that will secure Division One A status for twenty twenty five. Eddie, Clare in twenty twenty four, silverware needed on the table. It's fair to say. I hundred percent. They have to. They need a monster. Or they need to get to an All Ireland final. Would, would they take a league? I'd say they would, but Lowen being Lowen, he he knows himself, and from his own playing days, that's the only thing in Clare you will ultimately be judged on is probably a, at least a Munster title. So I think they'll be targeting that this year. They've been close. Okay, last year it got away from in the Munster final, haven't beaten Limerick in the round robin, which you know, albeit a point. But they've shown probably consistently over the last couple of seasons they're well able to... And we're, look, we always find ourselves invariably coming back to talk about Limerick because they are the team and that's what you're going to be measured against because unless you can beat them, you know, you're just part of the also-runs. And they've shown, in fairness to Claire, they've shown they're more than capable of going toe-to-toe with this Limerick team. And it's just a case of, you know, coming back stronger. Uh you know, we talked about underrated. I think Colin Malone is quite underrated player, but so valuable to what Clare are. But they seem to have, yeah, I'd agree with that, I think. And and Brian Lowen as well is normally very, very uh mellow in his interviews. He he doesn't give you know, he never see emotion. Yesterday he was just his interview after the match, he was he was buzzing like, you know. So he knows that he needs to flesh out his squad. He knows that in the event of having to, you know, lose a Ryan Taylor or someone like that, like and the impact that might have, or you know, if a player has John Conan two years ago in the semi final, and suddenly the whole the arse nearly fell over on him, so he knows that he needs to bolster the squad. But uh, I think they will have to, you know, it's what is it, Brian's fifth season now, you know. So he, he himself, I'd, I'd say he himself be the first to say either deliver this year or or, or then you know he, he's going to question maybe whether he'll stay on there, like so. And I'm not trying to write him off in any shape or form. I'm just saying I would imagine Lowen is that type of character that he'll feel that this is it now this season. This is five years now working these boys, five years assembling a squad. He has a bit of depth there now and it's just all about getting it right for the big days. What they have in their favour as well, when they are on it, and I mean when they are on it and when they're, when they're at it, it's a very, very difficult venue to go to. And no, no matter who they're missing, whether it be, you know, it's a bit like Nolan Park, whether it be a league game, or whether it be a championship game, when they are on it and when they are pumped up, Jesus, there won't be too many teams that go there, lads, and win. 
And is there in Limerick go their first match in the in the Munster Championship? Oh, and brilliant. That is, That's going to be a cracker. That is just going to be a cracker. Like, Tip snuck them last year with two goalkeeping mistakes. You know, so I, I, I'd imagine. And Brian Cody, when we were playing, put huge value on going tennis in a league match. He put that as massive currency and, and something you could put in the bank. The, the other Group 1A game, we won't touch on it too much, but Waterford had a 12-point win over Offaly. Uh, hit the three goals all in the first half. John, it was the one thing just even... Stephen, to see Stephen Bennett back on the pitch and looking like he's moving fairly well must be a big plus. And obviously, Caleb Lyons back from, from his travels as well. Um, routine enough for Waterford, though, by all accounts. Oh, yeah, well, look, she's only getting the reports in um, throughout the game yesterday. Uh, yeah, it was, it was touch and go for a while. I think the margin was down to down to three points. But ultimately, the, the, it was the two goals like that. Uh, Awfully conceded in, in in short time. I think it was what one after the other. I think the, the two Stephen Bennett goals uh, gave Waterford a bit of a bit of a cushion, and I think Awfully got it back to three points then in, in the second half, and then they had uh, they had to send it off, and then um, Waterford then managed to push on and get eight unanswered scores, and those eight unanswered scores could be massive come come the end of the the end of this league campaign. You know, considering that. It could have been instead of winning by three or four points, they ended up winning by 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 twelve points in the end. So you know, with scoring averages coming into coming into play at the end of the end of the league campaign, that could be a a, a big big twelve point win from in the end. But yeah, look, I was actually surprised to see Stephen Bennett, you know, going off the back that, um, you know, the news that he that he was given. I think probably Davey will will. Will be will be clever here. I think he'll he'll use him in in the games that 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 he wants to use him in. He'll wrap him up in cotton wool for other, for other games. Uh, and look, when he gets other players back, I suppose that will allow for Stephen Bennett to, you know, maybe to take a, a game or two two off. Uh, but look, it was it was a good start. Uh, next next weekend they play Clare at home. That'll be a good barometer. That'll be a good gauge of where this Water team are are, are right now. But you know, all in all, a good start, two points on the board, and you couldn't have asked for any more. Eddie, just with the obviously the, the ramifications of this year's league going into next year and seven teams in one A and seven teams in one B, do you already find even yourself a bit more enthused about this year's league? Does it feel like there's a bit more kind of on the line? And there was a bit there was bite to some of the games yesterday, which let's call a spade a spade, were definitely lacking last year. Yeah, and look, there was obviously I think three of the matches there resulted in quite heavy defeats. But uh, like yesterday, like we always have a good old rivalry with Wexford, but there was a fair little stir inside Nolan Park yesterday for the first round of the league. You know, the first weekend in February, you don't normally associate that that kind of a stir. And even we're talking about the, the appeal of different venues when you when you go hurling during the league. Like even going down to Wexford Park is, is a tough old place to go because... It's windy and wet, and to, you know the, the, those type of conditions. But like you said, there there was an added, there was an added little incentive there yesterday. And while both teams were tipping along and just jabbing away all through the match, it was only when it exploded to life that you got something meaningful. But like you said, there it's against the backdrop of knowing that next year, you know, you want to be up in that top division because I think you're going to see it's going to be ideal for a team that wants to blood three or four guys. Like, you're going to be going into a, a, a you know, a good-sized cauldron in terms of the intensity and the quality of what you're going to be playing. If you have the seven 
top teams in Ireland going at each other during the league campaign, you're now going to have very exciting matches. But it's also going to test your newbies. It's going to test your team. You're going to have real good matches. And the, and the question will be, and we'll, we'll have to wait, obviously, and see how beneficial will that be when you roll into championship a couple of weeks later? How undercooked, potentially, will the teams that maybe end up in the, in the 1B? You know, so th- that, that's something down the line. Yeah, and there's no playoff, Ernie. I think. Oh, okay, so, okay. That was I thought yeah, that was in the original plan. Okay. No, yeah, no. There's no, there's no playoff. So it's yeah, one, one team fourth. Is it get up the the, the fourth? But is it the fourth team in one of the groups, whichever has the the top? Is it the you have six going two, three and three going automatically through, and then one more. Bit of a puzzle, bit of a puzzling one that one fourth place will go through because one of the divisions is stronger than the other. There's no point in saying any different. So yeah, yeah. You'd imagine the the fourth place team in Group B will have better scoring difference. Than... Well, not not necessarily because you know if you know we've seen the weekend Dublin ship the big big defeat a uh, heavy defeat to Tipperary. Likewise did Westmead. Likewise did Antrim. And just saying the off chance that Dublin do finish on four points. You know, if they're to the ship another one or two of those heavy defeats, just say at, at, off of off of Galway or, or possibly Limerick, you know their scoring average could be could, could be well down. They'll be then dependent on putting up a heavy score against either either Antrim or, or Westmead, and they go to Antrim the weekend up up the Belfast of the Corrigan Park. That's not going to be that's not going to be easy either. You did touch on a lot. You know, I know we're, we're we're going ahead of ourselves here, but you said next year that. The seven teams that are going to be in Division One B next year, none of those sides have the opportunity to get to a league semi final. So it's a, it's the top two teams next year out, out of the top seven will go straight to a league final. So so are we are we taking away from next year's league where you're seeing the seven other counties saying, well, you know what? Before the ball is even thrown in, you don't have any opportunity of winning the league. So you've only You've only the possibility of either winning a Leinster or a Munster championship or an All Ireland. I think that's a little bit unfair. And what I would do is, what I would do is, well, what I would do is the, the top team in in Division One A goes straight to the final. Second place goes to the semi final, and the top team out of next year's Division One B plays second in the semi final. But the second team in Division One A then then gets home home advantage for that semi final. I just think you have to throw something in there for the other seven teams to say, well, look, you know what? You still have an opportunity of winning the league title. Yeah, I, 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 t- I take your point, but you're also rewarding the eighth best team in the league with a semi-final place. Like if there were, you know, if you want to be in the semi-finals, you, you, get, you get up to 1A. You know what I mean? Like you're, you'd be putting, the top team in 1B would be the eighth best team. You'd be putting them into a semi-final. Like I don't, I, don't, I just think, it, it, you know, your, prog- your progress is to get up into Division 1A. That that would be what I would look at. That. Yeah, but yeah, the but reality, you, I suppose, is you're 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 taking. I think in some ways, you're what, what you're saying there, basically, and we're we're on about the calendar year as well. That this is against the backdrop of championship coming very close down the track. So it seems to be, as I would see it, maybe, you know, a way of keeping that kind of sterile or clean for the teams that you're going to get a window, a natural window is going to open up there. And yeah, I, I think in in some ways. Is it going to take the value away from the league a small bit? Because, like John said, there realistically, you know, whatever competition you're in, you have to there has to be some little kind of light at the end of the tunnel. And I think if the teams in one B, the seven of them are just they're playing glorified matches, there's there's 
yeah, there's consequences to get up, there's consequences to drop down or whatever, there's a reward for getting up. But it's kind of, it's really, when, when you look at it that way, is it, is it taken away from the league a tiny bit? Asher, the light, the light is to get up, is it not? Ah, no, 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 no. I mean, come, come on. So you're going to have a, you're going to have a league, a league next year where seven teams only have an opportunity when, when, when having league success. The that's, best that's seven crazy. teams. The best seven teams. But like, there has to be an incentive there for the teams that are going to be, that are going to find themselves in Division 1B next year. There has to be an incentive, whether it be a top, top of the table. Right, if you, whoever tops the table, you still have an opportunity going on and pushing on and win, winning league ties. That, that, that has to be an incentive there for those seven teams. The incentive is to get up into 1A, in my view. Ah, <laughs> <stop, please. laughs> Come here, oh, yeah, last I, one. That's Eddie, my story and I'm sticking to it, Mixer. <laughs> Eddie, huh? Eddie, you touched on something there and I just want it really quickly. You said about the, the worst venue you can go to play a game in. I would have Parnell Park and Pierce Stadium would be right atop my list. Parnell Park was just like playing in a graveyard. That's what I found it to be like. And Pierce Stadium was like, you knew you were only going to be able to poke the ball about 30 yards uh, for one half. There was going to be a breeze blowing that strong. What would have been your, you know, the venue you never liked going to where it was always going to be fairly dark, dreary and miserable? I was saying to John, once I played in Fraher Field and it was just dreary as hell. And it was Mark and I think, oh, I don't know, was it Queenie or Tom Cullinan? They just wrestled the head off you, but... No, what was the Sean Cullinan full back? And Jesus, I think he, he just threw me out of the way one season. Wexford Park is a tough place to go, but no, Pierce Stadium. We were playing up there, quick story. We played up there a couple of years ago. And I remember, I think it was PJ Delaney got injured and it was a good stop. And Adrian Cullinan was playing with uh, Galway at the time, I think this left-hander. But we were standing there close by and like everyone was like looking at PJ on the ground going, come on, we're all getting cold here. Like, will you, will you get up and let us get going again? And we just glanced off up over the back, the goal out into the sea. And you could see this big black cloud of rain just slowly coming towards us. Like, and we all knew, like, oh, we're going to get absolutely drowned away. And like five minutes later, we're all shivering and shaking, trying to hurl. And like this icy cold rain after falling down on top of it was just absolutely horrible. But uh, to, to, there's one funny story. We went on play on Pierce Park there in 2012. Damien Hayes was telling me it on an all-star trip. <laughs> We played, it was a real sunny day, right? So you, it could be the polar option, either wind and rain, and geez, it, it's it's dreadful, or it could be the sun could be splitting the rocks. But Hayes was telling me a funny story in the audience. Actually, we were, we were playing, I won't na- mention the, the Galway, it's Galway's player, player's name, but uh, we were playing Galway in the National League. We had to beat Galway to, to, to we, were, we, were up, we were on the back foot straight away, we lost the first three games. We had to beat Galway. To, uh, to try and stay up with the win our last two games when we beat Galway and there was one player taken off taken off by Galway against us up in the Salt Hill it was a real sunny day and Hayes was telling me that uh, he went down on an hour, an hour late and he was passing down by by a couple of the coffee shops and he's going <laughs> to go down and get himself a cup of coffee or an ice cream or something and he said there was the player who was taken off sitting back <laughs> Getting him, trying to get himself out of a suntan. <laughs> 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 and now that's to be taken off. So those are the highs and lows of Salt Hill. You either get a suntan or you be shivering like, like you are suntan. <laughs> well, that player had his priorities, right? I can tell you that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick one. Uh, hmm. And I won't mention the county you're at and involved, but I know that oxygen was, was well in full flow on the Saturday evening and there was a qualifier game going on in Parnell Park. And a certain player, 
I don't know whether he manufactured an injury or ended up getting injured, but about 45 minutes later, he was with us in the middle of auction. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's, a, that's a brief little aside. Lads, the games in Group B, there was two turkey shoots. Limerick, Limerick um, I think it was 136 to Antrim's 1-9. And Galway put up a, you know, a monster score against Westmead, as they, as they always seem to do. Probably uh, very little gleamed, I'd say, from either game, ex- except the fact that it looks like Limerick have plenty of... Uh, their second string is, is pretty strong and will definitely push the first string this year. But just on the, probably the more competitive game or the game we learn more about, Eddie uh, Tipperary in Dublin finished Tipperary 227, Dublin 22 points. You know, I don't know if Parnell Park suits Dublin any longer, given the you know the the players they have at their disposal. But from a Tipperary point of view, to go up there and you know lay waste to Dublin in the first round of the league is a, a very very positive sign, especially considering the players they're missing. Yeah, look, it was it was it was a very workmanlike performance from Tip. I watched kind of uh, a decent bit of it there, and um, <clears throat> they look look. Uh, I suppose Liam Cal now is bedded, well bedded down with these lads now and they know what he's about and he knows what they're about uh, it was good to see like, for him now options are coming back Greg Morgan back in the fold there yesterday uh, or uh, Saturday Barry Heffernan back in the fold like, here's Barry Heffernan a two time All-Ireland winner you know he's a good lad to have coming back in there he's a big strong physical fella so Tip are getting a lot of those guys that were injured Paddy Cadell injured missed most of last season He's now building that depth in his squad. Bring back in then, you know, Willie Connors back in from Kiladangan. Uh, very busy around midfield yesterday as well. And like, look, I suppose Jake Morris is a guy that's really, really grown into vice captain this year. He's a, he's a go-to man. I think that's a big move, for... Eddie, isn't it? Even like he's, he, he stepped up for him last year, I thought, and was consistent mostly throughout the year. Now he's given him vice captain. He's almost like saying, like, I know what you can do. I've seen it at 20 and under yeah, 21. Yeah. Just go and, go and do it now and go and be a leader for this team. Yeah, and, and I think, look, albeit I felt last year, I spoke with it at the time that, you know, looking in from the outside, I thought it was a mistake last year. They seem They seemed to play him as a 12 last year against Galway and it didn't work. Like, where do you want, where if you're an opposition team, where do you not want to see Jake Morris? You don't want to see him buzzing around inside in the full forward line with that license to go around a little bit. Like, he comes out and picks up ball. He is lethal around the goal. And and that's the one thing that uh, Liam Cal and Beavens, they really want in their team. They're under 20s team going back a few years ago against Cork. Like, they pulverize Cork with, with I think, four, four goals maybe in an all Ireland under 21 or 20. And that's what he wants in those guys. So, Jake Morris is one of those go-to lads. You know, their backs, you'll find and see that back division now will settle down. I reckon he'll play four out of six probably most days and you'll find and see them bring Barrett back into the fold there. And, you know, Mara seems to be bedding down maybe at six, Ronan at three. Um, and even was it, Con- was it Connor Bow went back wing back? Do you think he'll keep going with Connor Bow wing back? He might well. He's look. He's probably looking at. He's he's looking at matchups there for the likes of your Hegarty's and your Tom Morrissey's. So maybe he gives you that bit of size there, but he's also going to give you a bit of an attacking platform, which is your modern wing back. So be interesting to see. But they just were workmen like Dublin. Oh, you'd be kind of worried about Dublin at the moment. I I just they they seem to be stuck in that purgatory kind of place. They're neither heaven or hell at the moment, and and I don't know what what the Leinster Championship holds for him but it was hard to make out what they're about there yesterday and, and, and again look you know quality forwards they, they, they really need one or two 
Dublin obviously face a, a fairly tricky trip up to Corrigan Park next week. Just quickly before 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 I let you go, lads, like it started off with a couple of good games this weekend with Cork and Kilkenny next weekend, Wexford Offaly, we have Waterford Clare, Tip Galway, Antrim Dublin. You'd have fancy Limerick to beat Westmead, but um, I'd say it could be, it might even have been a slow burner. It was a good start, but uh, next weekend it'll it'll really, really heat up properly. Uh, John and Eddie, thanks for joining me, and we'll be back next week with another show. And in the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.